it's lovely, I think, having that freedom in your own business to be able to tailor your products and what you offer around one, what you love to do, but also how you can serve people the best with with what you can do. Hi, I'm Tori Mystic, and you're listening to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast, the only show dedicated to supporting women in all areas of the pet industry. In this episode, I am thrilled to be chatting with Carrie Martin, a Melbourne-based international dog photographer who's mastered the art of photography, capturing heartwarming portraits of our beloved canine companions. During our conversation, we dive into the secrets of capturing better photos of your dog, working with a professional photographer to elevate your pet brand, and making the most out of professional images. We'll also discuss how to seamlessly blend your own original content with professionally shot photos for your social media feed. Carrie also shares some stories from her road trip experiences photographing dogs for her book, Dog Tales of Australia. I hope this episode sparks your creativity and inspires you to capture plenty of images of your own pets. There is no such thing as too many dog photos. And as always, you can find all of the links and resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes at wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. While you're there, make sure to sign up for emails about the show so you don't miss a conversation. Harry Martin is a Melbourne-based and international dog photographer. She considers pets very much part of the family, and it is for this very reason that she specializes in photography, that is, portraiture photography of the most beloved dogs. Carrie is also editor of Puppy Tales, a website devoted to the promotion of wonderful relationships between dogs and people, and dog-inclusive travels and adventures. She's traveled to every state and territory in Australia in the writing of her book, Dog Tales of Australia, where the best destinations for dog lovers are unleashed. Carrie has received many photography awards over the past decade, including Master of Photography and Australian Pet Slash Animal Photographer of the Year. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's always interesting hearing a bit about yourself right back and like, oh yeah, it's been busy. I know it's always funny that you just have to sit there and listen to your accomplishments be read out. It's all, it always makes me uncomfortable when that happens to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're quite accomplished, so we want to celebrate that. Um, but take us back in time and tell us how you got involved in pet photography because uh, it's a, it's such a fun career. But um, I'm always interested in how people get started doing that. It's it's an amazing career, but it wasn't a direct line for me. So after um, school, I actually joined the military. Um, I kind of knew it wasn't my lifetime passion and I was in the Navy and got terribly seasick. Um, but part of what we were, we used to travel and, and go a lot of places and pull into new ports and picked up a camera to cover, like to capture all these amazing places that we we're seeing. And then as you're like, yep, this has got to draw to a close. I'm not really loving it. Uh, you know, it's not where I see my future. You're like, I'm going to be a photographer. And like a lot of people, we start photographing 
everything. Like you're like, oh, what am I going to do? And um, I had a session where with a family and they brought their dog along and it was the most amazing kind of experience because everyone was sort of more relaxed. It was easier for me to direct and the dog would kind of do really adorable things and the photos were just more joyous than kind of anything else that I'd done. And it was literally a shower moment sort of a month later where you're like, I want to photograph dogs, people with their dogs and dogs. Um, And so that's kind of where it started. Around the same time, that's when we got our dog, Kiko. So, you know, as you're kind of realizing the the love and and how beautiful they photograph, you're actually going through that as well. Um, So I'd grown up with pets, but being in the military didn't have any. So one, when we got Kiko, it was sort of like, ding, ding, ding. This is, this is how it's all going to come together. And I suppose somewhat sadly, I, it was only last night that I learned that that dog passed away. Like, so it was, I actually got a little bit teary thinking that that dog had sent me on this journey. The dog didn't even know. And and now it, its journey is finished, but um, how magnificent that they have those photos and, and that, and, and, they have those memories of their dogs. Like that's why we do it, I think, because our time with them is going to be shorter than we'd ever like. So you, you want to make the most of it. And part of that is having these fun experiences like traveling and adventures with them, capturing the moments with a professional photographer and, and as you're living everyday life. So I think it's very special what I get to do, but it, it, it's emotional too when, when that side of it comes. Yeah, it it is emotional. And um, one of my friends just messaged me today asking, oh, do you you know anything about this local photographer here in Pittsburgh? Because her dog is getting older and having health problems. And she's like, I just want as many photos as I can because I don't know how much time I have left. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I actually always advocate for doing it while the dogs are younger, kind of in their prime. Because if you think about it, if you've had a dog growing up, that's how you remember them. You kind of don't really remember them older. You remember kind of the fun things that you were doing if they were crazy. We had a, a crazy Kelpie who used to run around chasing birds in the in the park paddock and um, she would come on bike rides with me and I kind of remember that. So uh, while I didn't, I wasn't a photographer and pet photography wasn't a thing, I don't have those beautiful memories of her, but I do, that's how I remember her. So I always advocate for doing it kind of while they're in their prime um, because I think that's how we most want to remember them. Um, I'll always photograph puppies though because that's super adorable and that's so quick and fleeting. And I will photograph seniors. They are so beautiful. But I, I sort of I love it when it's that little bit younger because they're not. there's no limitations. They're kind of, you know, they can run around joyously. They can be right in the moment. There's not any ailments or anything like that. But I think any age, like you do definitely want to capture those photos and make sure that you have them so that you've you've always got that. Yes. Yeah. And and I also love how you were mentioning your dog, Kiko, uh, inspired you to get started because that's kind of similar to, I think, a lot of people. But uh, my dog, Lucy, who's now 11, uh, I started my blog when I got her as a puppy to really kind of document all the things that we were doing together, even though I I had another dog. My other dog was nine years old when I got Lucy. Um, and so I'd already had dogs, but it's just, sometimes there's just some dog that inspires you to do some little thing, like pick up a camera or start a blog. And then 
they don't they don't realize the impact they've had on your whole life. I mean, they change our lives. They literally do. And I look at all the things that we've done because we have Kiko and Summer. It's kind of amazing. And I, I will say to them, one thing that I say to them, you do not realize how lucky you are. Like you get the blessed dog life by like coming, like being part of our family because they get to travel and do all these things. And then the other thing is I don't think they realize like the impact that they've had. Like if I look back you know, 15 years ago, I was in the military, you know, I was living in a different state. I was doing a very, like had a very different life. And now, you know, I'm traveling up to six months of the year with my dogs, photographing as we go, photographing at home. Like it's really, I'm so grateful for where I am. And it's largely because of them and they're so aloof to it. They just want, you know, a snuggle on the couch and Kiko wants chicken. (laughs) but I think that's like that's the magic of them and that's why that's why they're such great photography subjects I think because they're kind of oblivious to all the stresses and everything that we're under they're amazing and they're not worried about a double chin or a bad side or (laughs) exactly yeah they'll make silly faces and they don't care yeah yeah um so okay so looking at at your website like one of the things that I thought was so cool is how many different packages you have. And, and it's kind of like you just sort of touched on it a little bit in, in talking about the different stages of, of the dogs. But um, tell, tell us a little bit about how you've created all these different packages. Because I think it's really creative. And um, the way you've done it, I feel like it, it will get people's wheels turning about what kind of photos they might capture. There's two sides to it, I guess. One is what I love to photograph. So I'm always going to design things about where I like to head or what I love to do. So um, snow dogs in Australia is quite limited because we only have one place where the snow falls that you can take dogs or one place above the snow line. There's a couple where it falls a little bit. And so I went to the snow to take Kigo. I wanted him to see the snow and it sort of snowballed from there. Um, so no you've pun intended. That side of Yeah. (laughs) You've got that side of, well, I know this is a beautiful spot. I want to photograph here. So I'll do something or create a project or offer something that allows me to work where I love to work. And the other side of it is I want to be able to cater for all different sorts of dogs. So we have the studios so that, you know, if dogs are not great outdoors because they get distracted by everything or they're too young or they're too old or um they just people prefer that clean sort of look so we do the studio and it's then it caters for different dogs different needs like if I only did the snow there'd be a whole lot of dogs that wouldn't come because it's too cold and they don't like it um but you can then go to the beach or head to other beautiful places you know it's coming into autumn here so I'm pretty excited because we head off next week and that's our autumn road trip but we go to all the places that I love the most for their autumn colors and we'll photograph dogs there and yeah so it's lovely I think having that freedom in your own business to be able to tailor your products and what you offer around one what you love to do but also how you can serve people the best with with what you can do right and I think with dogs you just you have to be flexible because like you said they're not always going to be all comfortable in every different setting Yeah, and there'll be reasons why some dogs can or can't do different things. So if you um, can incorporate all of them, it's more inclusive, isn't it? So it's Mm -hmm. sort of 
I'm not just going to photograph well-trained dogs of X breed. I'm, you know, I'm here because it doesn't matter if you don't have that dog that's well-trained or whatever breed, you still love them exactly the same way that I love my dogs or the next person loves their dogs. So I like that it's inclusive for for kind of everyone and, and their relationships, you know. Some people will have working dogs and others will have um, therapy dogs and some will have, you know, my dog is <laughs> the ordinary household pet, but I love them the same as everybody loves all of their dogs. So it's beautiful just to be able to be part of that celebration of the relationship and connection that we have with them. Right. I love it. So you have the opportunity to work in so many different types of settings and with different types of people with different objectives, you know, sometimes it's just capturing photos just to capture the love between their dog. And sometimes it's for their business or, um, or many other reasons, I'm sure. So what, what I wanted to talk to you about today really is some advice for people about how to one prepare for, for a professional photo shoot that's either like for themselves or their, or their brand, I guess we can talk about both. Um, and then two, how to make the most of their photos. Um, so I, I get TMs from people all the time asking, I'm doing a photo shoot. What should I wear? What should I do? What, like, what should I know? Uh, and I want to get your input on this because you, I know, receive a lot of the same questions. So, um, I guess let's start off first. How, how should people prepare for a professional photo shoot and what do they need to tell you to make the most of it? I might even step back a tiny bit further. I feel like it's really important, the decision on who you decide to photograph either for you or your dog, that you love their photos because there are very different styles and very different approaches um, so that you love their photos because that's the lasting bit. You want to look at it and think that is like, that photo, the way they approach it brings me joy and happiness. Um, and you also probably want to feel like you like them because <laughs> it is it is quite a interactive process. Like you're inviting each other into your worlds. And so you want to feel like they're a kind of person that you'd hang out with, that you go out for coffee with, because you're going to be sharing with them a lot about your dog and your life. And the more openly that you can share, the more that they will appreciate the, the differences in your relationship, the the things that are most important to you, and that's what um, hopefully they'll be setting out to capture for you so that you have that very personalised, very sentimental end result from, from the process. Um, so um, what should they tell me? Um, I ask a lot of questions. I, you know, I want to know what they sort of do with their dog, what their favourite things are, you know, if they're on weekends, are they snuggling, watching TV, or are they heading out on a hike? And so that will help us plan the perfect place to go and, and what we're going to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> if it's a business one, um, it's going to be a lot more about where they're going to use their photos. So are they for their website? Is it social media? Is it everything? Um I mean, there's limitations to how much can be done um, in one photo session, but, you know, what is their primary objectives and what are the nice nice to haves? Um, and then, yeah, I think, did that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. you know, so it, it's interesting thinking about like what they like to do. So I did a, a photo shoot last summer um, and I actually traveled a, couple hours. I drove like five hours to go meet up with this photographer. And um, 
took Bert and Lucy and we did some stuff in her studio where she had this lovely studio space with like a couch and a bed and a rug. And it was lovely. And, um, you know, I said, I really want to go out to a park or a stream. My dogs love water and I really want to do that. And I want those photos. So we did both. And then when I saw the images, I love the studio ones more because I feel like we're out in nature all the time. And I have taken so many of those photos myself that they didn't like stand out. They didn't look like special to me because they were beautiful photos, of course, but they didn't have that like spark to me for some reason, because I was like, well, that's just what we do all the time. That's, that's our like regular location. So it's interesting because I I was so surprised myself. I thought I was going to not like the studio photos and I ended up loving them. So I think sometimes it's also, if you can um, be flexible and um, kind of take creative chances and trust your photographer. (laughs) That's interesting. I mean, I suppose it depends on the level of the photos that you can take yourself. Like if you take very good photos when you're out and about, then your photographer, while they should be better, they might not be incrementally better. The studio, it is a it no not many people, unless they're a professional photographer, have a studio, know how to use all the equipment and know how to work with dogs as well um, to bring out their best. So I find that the studio can deliver it, it is quite different results, but it is it is a probably an area of expertise that not everyone has. So when you do go to a photographer that offers it, you can have the best of both worlds or have that experience that you can't really do for yourself. Yeah. I I think it was, it just, yeah, you're right. The lighting, all the equipment that they have in the studio, that's something I cannot replicate. So it was, it was very special to me. So those photos, I decided I I was going to kind of keep them as like my own personal photos. I never shared them online because my life is just all pretty much online. (laughs) I decided I wanted to have something private to myself. Um, But I do do so many photos for work. And I know the people listening here are always taking photos and getting photos taken for work. So to get a little bit more specific, what should people consider when they're when they're doing photos for their business? Um, You know, for example, something I always think about is um, do you need space to put text? Is this going to go on your website? You know, where is it going to have to be super horizontal or is it for social media? It needs to be vertical. Like what are some things that people should consider? You definitely want to create as much variety as you can. Um, so that could be simply an outfit change, turning around, getting a different background inside, outside, Definitely um, some with negative space or that you can add text to um, or crop crop differently because you've got tall for stories, you've got long for websites. So even if you look at the photo and you're like, oh, I'm tiny in it, what the photographer is probably doing is giving you that space to use it in a multiple in multiple ways. Uh, you you <laughs> It can be hard because the more variety, then obviously the more time and the more investment it is. But the more that you can create from one experience, the better the investment or return on that time will be because you will have like a portfolio or a, a library of photos that you can go to and pull for for what you would need. So you sort of have to think some specific end uses, like if it's going on your about page, that actually needs to be a nice, tight headshot, 
possibly with your dog if we work with dogs because that engenders that warm feelings that we all have for dogs. Um, but you also then need the ones where you are smaller or it might be next to an empty space or a blank wall so that you can put that text on there. So you, variety is key. I often encourage people to think about their brand colours. So um, I have quite the collection of clothing in my brand colour, which is not necessarily clothes that I normally buy. I love my black <laughs> and grey. Um, but the really easy way to kind of tie your photos into your business is if it's on brand and that branding colour in your photos means it kind of matches any other collateral that you have, like your website or your logo or things like that. Um Definitely include some with your dogs, as I said, that we dog lovers respond to other dogs, other dog lovers. Um, so that kind of helps just build rapport before you've even met someone. Um, there's a whole psychology between about the affection that we feel with our dogs. So there's accountants or other people that will put dog photos up because it's tough to build a rapport with your accountant you know, from the outset, but that gives them that sort of shared interest or you could be like, oh, yeah, you know, we went for a hike on the weekend and it was blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, you've sort of knocked down any walls or barriers to sort of that, you know, uncomfortable situation. So definitely including your dogs, um, brand colors. Yeah. That's actually how I picked my dentist <laughs> because there there was someone who posted on Facebook there, you know, I need a dentist. And so I was like, oh, I need a dentist too. So I started looking at all the comments and clicking on people's websites. And this one person listed their dog as like the dental hygienist. <laughs> and they had this little Yorkie named Molly. And now I love visiting Molly every six months to get my teeth cleaned. <laughs> it's so true. Well, you you should have photos of your dog as well, because how many of them have creative titles like the chief treat connoisseur or um, the marketing officer. So you you probably want some photos of just your dog as well Um, and give them a little bit of a personality and a face in your business because um, I feel like we enjoy that when we see it in others and it's, again, it just is kind of a really personal way to be different, isn't it? Because no one else has your dog or has this does the same things on the weekend that you do with your dog, but there will be shared interests in mm-hmm. in all of that. So your business it can help make it different while very relatable. Yeah, exactly. So okay, so speaking of being relatable and being real, our social feeds are kind of filling up. You know, they have filled up with, something, uh, and we can't up with beautiful professional photos because we run out of photos and we can't constantly, I mean, I wish we could all be hiring photographers every day. I wish I had like a documentary film crew following me around, but I don't. So we need to, you know, take photos on the fly. Um, So something that I've struggled with is, you know, when I used to do way more photo shoots, I would kind of have a hard time meshing together my Instagram feed with the professional photos and then my own that were filling in the gaps. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it's hard because we we have to post more than ever, it feels like now. So we do have to take a lot of our own stuff no matter what. Um, so, so what do you recommend that people do? And, and is there a way to kind of bridge the gap or should they just embrace making their own photos like very casual <laughs> so that they're just complete polar opposites. 
I, I guess it depends on individual businesses to some degree. But I feel like if you've picked a professional photographer whose style and aesthetic you like, then what you create for yourself might replicate that naturally anyway. So if you like the great outdoors and that's what they do, then that will probably be be more of what you share. So there will be overlap if you're conscious about who you decide to work with, fitting with your brand and your aesthetic. Um, I also think we don't need perfection in our what we share in social media, particularly anything that has a short lifespan like a story. It, we're talking about media that will be live for 24 hours, so it does not need perfection and there's a lot of evidence that suggests that real is actually far more relatable, more engaging than anything that's too perfect. Now, as a professional photographer, of course, that's hard for me to say because I want, every, I want, I want the beautiful and the perfect but the the actual sort of information we're being told or shared with us is that you, you know that little glimpse in behind the scenes or real life is is far more what people will kind of catch their attention or make them stop and think and i think being worried more worried about sharing and helpful as opposed to you know the perfect life or the perfect behind the scenes the more you can help or or do that for people, the more they kind of get drawn in or want to see what's next because it has a benefit for them. If it's like, you know, here's my perfect Sunday, you know, we're having waffles that, you know, and at this amazing dog-friendly cafe and everything's perfect, it can be inspirational but it can also be a little bit, oh, well, like, you know, that's not my life. I don't, I can't do all of the things, you know, that everybody else seems to be posting on Instagram so if you can kind of have that realism, I think it it's more approachable. Um, and then I would say be con- consistent in yourself in what you're putting out there. So that might be, you know, if you're using your iPhone, then editing if you're using an app or Instagram filter, being consistent in what you apply to it because it will start to have that look and feel that is you and your business. If you kind of like, oh, this week I'm going to use filter X and then next week I'm going to play around with a different app or or do different things, um, it starts to get a little bit disjointed. Um, and to that end, I think Canva and, and platforms like that are brilliant because you can kind of create templates or different things that you can add to your photos or your social media that is on brand and, and deeply you, but it's really quick and easy to do it. So I think approaching it a little bit holistically with having some things set up that you can drop your photos into or how you're going to edit them. One, it makes it quicker. You're not sort of playing around. And two, you can do it and do it more quickly. Um, So, yeah, and have fun. I think the end of the day, the more fun you make it, then for you and your dog, the more you'll feel like doing it. If you make it too onerous or too oh, you know, I haven't done this, I have to do this and, oh, my gosh, I've got to set up everything to photograph this or or do that. Whereas if you just sort of have your phone with you when you're on a walk and, you know, there's a nice tree or something that you appreciate, then take a photo of your dog in front of it and you can share it, just a little snippet of behind the scenes or if it turns out to be a really good photo, then you've got it to add to that library that you might use for something else or, or might have a place on your website. I love that. I I feel like what I'm hearing to kind of like summarize is to just be authentic and and inject your own personality into everything, whether it's a little story or a professional photo shoot or something that you're writing. 
just have your own personality, even like your dog's job title um, can kind of inject your own personality and that gives it that consistency. Yeah. And it it just means, I suppose, if if people are looking at a, it, two or three businesses and they all kind of are similar, it's really hard for them to even walk away and think, oh, which one did I like? But if there was something that they resonated with, then that's, you know, it, it may, might make you more memorable. Um, and I think having fun in what you're doing, whether it's social media or in your business, um, that in itself just makes everything more enjoyable. And so that will probably come out too. If, if you can sort of tell when it's someone's doing something because they feel like they have to, as opposed to, you know, we did this this morning and it was amazing. It was just beautiful. I just wanted to share it with you or, you know, head here. We found this. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Just, just try to live in the moment. I try to, <laughs> but, but then, you know, capture a couple little, photos or videos or something um, while you're doing it. So Carrie, I could look at your website for hours because you have the most beautiful photos. So, like speaking of our like crappy Instagram photos that I'm posting, you actually have an amazing gallery of beautiful professional images to look at. So where can people go to browse your artwork? So you can find me at Puppy Tales. So that's P-U-P-P-Y-T-A-L-E-S. So it's more like fairy tales than the other dog wagging tales um, for the spelling on that. And that's .com.au. Sorry, I'm going to say that again as one line. <laughs> um, puppy tales, P-U-P-P-Y-T-A-L-E-S.com.au. Um, and also on different social medias like Facebook and Instagram, um, puppy tales or puppy tales photography. Um, they're mainly the places I hang out. haven't. And then on your website, we didn't have a chance to talk about it, but you also have a book. Um, briefly, tell us what your book is about. So I've just published Dog Tales of Australia, which I think you mentioned in the intro. Um, so that's all about our travels of tra- experience of traveling Australia with our two dogs. So we, we've, as I mentioned, we do it up to six months of the year traveling, but we also um, took 13, 14 months and went and did what's called the lap in Australia, like going around. Um, and so it's it's the highlights of all the things that we found. It's it's how to travel with your dogs in Australia and where to go. Um, I find that finding accommodation is not too tricky, but things like what do you do with your dog when you get there? Where do you go? What's, what's a good place to go? Like if you've got a weekend versus if you've got a month. So it's, it's kind of as much information as I can cram into 290 odd pages um, so that people can have that information and, and figure out what they can do with their dog to sort of make the most of that trip or, or, or their whole dog's life, you know, over the, over the time that they have. And of course, the book is full of your photographs along your trips, right? Absolutely. So there's a lot of my dogs, but we also photographed um, as we went. And that was a a fundraising project. So through the participation fees for the dogs that were involved, we sponsored a a defence community dog. So they go to people with PTSD. So it was lovely to, one, photograph all these amazing dogs in different parts of Australia because it's quite diverse um, and and in doing that, you kind of meet people and then you learn some insider secrets for towns or areas. Um, but it was just nice to sort of be able to meet people and and do photography in, in some of these places. 
And then it was very nice to be able to give back through doing that and and sponsor. We sponsored a dog um, called Lola, who now helps helps a gentleman who couldn't go outside pretty much and now gets to travel and go to the football and, and things like that. So it's lovely. Aww. That's lovely. And what a full circle because my my older dog I was mentioning at the very start, her name was Lola. <laughs> that was my first dog. Aww. So I feel like we've come full circle. Um, and thank you, Carrie, so much for sharing your advice. And um, and the, it sounds like you live the most awesome life in Australia. And uh, I, I can't wait to get to know you more. Thank you for having me. It's been fun chatting. <laughs> Some of the best conversations happen after the episode. Send me a note on Instagram at wearwagrepeat or find even more women petpreneurs to connect with in our private Facebook group called Wear Wag Repeat Labs. If you want to dig into more episodes, resources to grow your business, or find a link to something we discussed, it is all right there for you at wearwagrepeat.com. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh conversation.